The Wild West gave as many stories like Annie Oakley and the shootout at the OK Corral, as well as outlaw legends such as Billy the Kid, Jesse James, and Wild Bill Hickok. But what about the lesser-known bandit, Elmer McCurdy, whose life is only half of his story? This is Cheeky Tales, and in this episode, we weekend at Bernie's It. Well, welcome back, guys. I sure hope we're recording this week. <laughs> Technical difficulties. No, we didn't even get to record last week. John drove all the way to my house uh, and then couldn't get anything to record. And so he went home. I also drove all the way here, but I went home because I was yes. tired. I watched a little bit of the Ashes first. And oh, yeah, end, we did do that. And yeah. the end of a very good uh, Cowboys-Panthers game. Yeah. I was a sleepy boy and went home. Yeah. Sean, what have you got over there? A mic stand. Yeah, I have a mic stand. <laughs> You'll notice much more consistent audio from nah, Mr. Turnock this week. I cannot guarantee that. <laughs> that doesn't Sean mean absolutely has diddly. Officially hit double digits of episodes at some point. So uh, he, gets his microphone, <laughs> he gets That's... his microphone stand. Oh, man. Unfortunately, for the avid listeners of our simple gag this week, Aaron and I have poured our beers into glasses so we can't keep up with our traditional game. I almost yeah, choked. John can do it. John's still got his can. Yeah, it's not as good. Don't spill it on the mic, Sean. Less hits on the bong this week, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, welcome to Cheeky Tales this week. Uh, this episode, uh, which is a week later. I'm your host, John. With me is Aaron. Hello. Uh, straight from the Wild West himself and Choo-choo, I got my six shooter. I actually finger guns my way out of an awkward <laughs> moment today at the shop. Very hey. on brand. Yes, and Sean, our producer. Are you wearing your cowboy boots? I am wearing my cowboy boots. <laughs> Good. I've got it in here, look. Nice. As banter, as I always have. As banter. Yeah, as John is, out banter. Sean is the first, like, note into banter, because I know Sean Excellent. is a Wild West. I am a... Man, I am a Wild West fan. Loves his Red Dead Redemption. I really, really I'm a do. cowboy. Yeah, I love cowboy stuff. Cowboys and- like It's that that childhood thing, like cowboys and pirates and mm. things like that. I love cowboys and pirates. Screw being a policeman. I didn't want to be a policeman. I just want to be a pirate nah. or a cowboy. Yeah. So, we are heading to the Wild West for the first half of this episode, so- What do you mean the first half? Uh, we'll get there. Uh, are we talking the Will Smith Wild West? No, we are the not. The Wild Wild West? We are talking the real Wild West. Lame. So, yeah, it is a popular trope in entertainment, like like just stories, games, and movies. Like, Western movies are very popular. Yes, Western movies are very popular. Like, in the Wild West. Yeah, like not really these the days, West, though. No. Oh, there's been a few recent ones. Has there? Yeah, like, uh, what is it, Magnificent Seven. True. Hateful Eight. True. Cowboys vs. Aliens. <laughs> that was- that was pretty good. It was a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mind that one, actually. Space Cowboys. Go Space Broncos. Oh, go Space Broncos. Go and, Space yeah, like we Did just I mentioned before, something? like one of Sean's favorite games. And mine, I really enjoyed it. Red Dead Red Redemption. Redemption. Excellent game. Pachoo-choo. Live out your West fantasies. Oh, absolutely. I do so much fishing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so much so fishing. Much fishing and hunting. It's all like, hunt. Yeah. I did also enjoy the little bit that I played. Yeah. You- I feel like the best part about that game is just riding on your horse 
through the countryside. Yeah. It's Riding slow. on the horse. And summon, Yeah, yeah. Somehow he hasn't played the single player campaign of Red Dead. Still. No, I've only played multiplayer. Which is, in in probably a lot of opinions, the worst part of that game. It the is single player the worst campaign part. is honestly exceptional. It's on that list of things that I'll never do. How many times have you played Fallout in the last six months? Zero, uh, one. But I didn't even finish it. I've come over a few times yeah. and seen Fallout on your TV screen. Thank you very much. More than three or four times in the last few months. Oh, fine. Like, yeah. But I never finished the game. Yeah, well, then play Red Dead. Just fine. I'll make that my morning game. Morning game. Anyway, I think we've jabbered on enough now. Sure. Um, perhaps it's time to- Start with the episode. Get into, get into an episode. And title of the first section, as a youngin. Okay. What was this guy's name again? Elmer McCurdy. Elmer McCurdy. So we'll start with Elmsy's early life. He was born January 1st, 1880 in Washington, Maine. He lived with his father and mother, George and Helen, as well as his auntie, Sadie. Unfortunately, in 1890, George died. Can you guess what from, boy? Tuberculosis. Correct. It was tuberculosis. After that- I'm not an expert. That That was a guess. After that, Sadie and Helen moved to Bangor, in, also in Maine. It was at this time he learnt that Aunt, Sad- Aunt Sadie wasn't actually his auntie. She was, in fact, his mother. Why? I'm so glad you got to that, because I'm fact-checking. That was like, man, how has he already got something wrong? <laughs> Straight Holy away. Boy, was, come on, I was man. setting up a little bit of a how? gotcha. Yeah, like, that was a good gotcha. What's the benefit of telling him that she's his auntie? Unmarried. Right. I'm glad you asked that because Sadie was only 17 when she had Elmsy. Oh, what a disgrace. And to save her the embarrassment and shame of raising an illegitimate child, George and Helen had adopted him. What year was this again? 1880. 1880. Oh, that would have been the height of scandal. She did tell him he was unsure. She was unsure who the father was. Okay. Like his biological father. Definitely a scandal. But there was some speculation that it could have been Sadie's cousin, Charles Smith. Gross. But then very normal for the time. Yeah. The speculation comes from later in his life when Elmsy would use Charles Smith as an alias. Right. Apart from that, that's really the only evidence or- Yeah, okay. Yeah. This news disturbed Elmsy and he grew resentful and became an unruly and rebellious teenager. Why would that trigger you that much? Uh, Yeah. I guess. It's pretty- Pretty privilege of me to not be like, oh, my auntie was my mum. Yeah, so he's about 10, he was 10 years old when George died. Yeah. So he's- Right, okay. Pre-teen. Yeah, so he doesn't really get what's going on. No. So he's in early teens now, and this is when he developed a heavy drinking habit mm. very early in life. That habit would continue through the rest of his life. Uh, so, like, he was a teenager, and he was well known to be the town drunkard. So mm. that's how heavy he hit it. A 10-year-old. Well, yeah, say 10, 12, 13 Mm. type of thing. Not good. He rejected his immediate family and sought out his grandfather and began a trade as a plumber. This gave him him a steady income to fuel his habit. And for a while, things seemed stable. That is until 1989 when the economy crashed and Elmsy lost his job. For the next two years, Elmsy drifted from job to job, becoming a fully-fledged alcoholic. Mm. Interesting how people do that when they have no money. Like drink. Yeah. How are you affording it? Like, even back then, it probably would have been super expensive. It's not enough to drink now. Yeah. Like, it's expensive enough to drink now. Yeah. If I had such a little amount of- It's hard to say. I don't have an alcohol addiction. I say yeah. that as a, with a beer in my hand. But 
<laughs> yeah. I'm not addicted. I'm not addicted. <laughs> Next oh, title. This is good, though. Bottom of the bottle. Mm. In August of 1900, things didn't get better for poor Elmsy. His mother, Sadie, died from a ruptured ulcer. Oh, jeez. And one month later, his grandfather passed from Bright's disease. From what? Bright's, Bright's disease. disease. Yeah, I'm asking as in, like, what is that? I don't remember. The signs and symptoms of Bright's disease were first described in 1827 by the English physician Richard Bright, after whom the disease was named. He described 25 cases of dropsy, edema, which he attributed to kidney disease. Symptoms and signs included inflammation of serous serous membranes, hemorrhages. Yeah. Okay. So it just sounds like one of those old-timey diseases where everything gets big and then you die. It's a kidney disease. Yeah. Subsequently. By the way, do you reckon in 1900 they cared as much as we cared in 2000? No. Hmm. The term Bright's disease is retained strictly for historical application. The disease was diagnosed frequently in diabetic patients, probably correspond to a modern diagnosis of diabetic, not necropathy, but nephropathy. We need Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yeah, but how? Mm -hmm. 1900, how do you think they treated it? Oh, it would have been like cocaine or leeches or- here, eat this vial of gunpowder. We've had opium. Yep. Yep. Leeches. Bloodletting. Oh. Yep. Squill. It was one of them get into a hot or cold bathtub. Oh, yeah. Warm baths. <laughs> <laughs> Mercury. Opium. Diuretics. Mercury. <laughs> diuretics. Laxatives. <laughs> diet therapy. Laxatives. Just shit it away. Abstinence from alcoholic drinks, cheese, and red meat, which is what they think is wrong with everything. It's always alcohol, red meat, and cheese. Oh, Oh, man. Love it. So, shortly after his grandfather passed, he began drifting around the eastern United States where he worked as a lead miner and a plumber. Oh, lead miner. Mm -hmm. Tough work. The next few years was the same kind of loot for Elmsy. Got a job, earned money, spend money on alcohol, lose job, move town. Repeated, repeat. Sounds like a few people I know. He eventually found himself in Kansas, where in 1905, he was arrested for public intoxication. From there, he moved to Webb City in Missouri. Missouri. Moving around the world. Now 27, in 1907, Elmsy joined the US Army and was assigned to Fort Leavenworth. He was a machine gun operator and was trained to use nitroglycerin for demolition purposes. Dope. He became quite proficient in using explosives and guns and was able to keep his head down and cause little trouble over the three years of his service. He was honourably discharged on the 7th of November, 1910. However, he was now back where he started, jobless and struggling for money. So how long did he spend in the army? Three Three years. years. Is that minimum? I don't know. I'm going to say that my expertise doesn't apply to... America. The year 19, 100 years ago, in 1907 US. in a different okay. country. All right. All right. I mean, you are the fact checker, but all right. There doesn't seem to be enough information on that that I can that's find. That's fine. If yeah. you want to half-ass your job, that's fine. <laughs> you get a mic stand, you can get abused. <laughs> Elmsy made his way to St. Joseph in Kansas, where he met up with an army friend. However, before long, he was back in court as he and his friend were arrested for possessing burglary paraphernalia. Well, that's pretty vague. Well, that means, boy, they had on them on their persons chisels, hacksaws, funnels for nitroglycerin, gunpowder, and money sacks. Okay. Like the old school money sacks with. Okay. I, I imagine it's 
doesn't have like dollar symbol on them, but it'd be pretty funny if they did. Yeah. Like, cartoon God. The pair told the judge that the reason they had this said items is that they were working on inventing a foot-operated machine gun. In the following January- Foot-operated machine gun. Yeah, so you'd hold a machine gun and I guess you'd press them yeah. with your foot to fire. Yeah. I could see that. In the following of January 1911, uh, a jury found Elmsy not guilty and he was released from county jail. Good for Elmsy. We are now on to our next title. Okay. Life of Crime. Oh, how scandalous. Obviously being nabbed and sent to jail for a couple of months didn't deter the pair because of March 1911, two months later. Yep. Uh, they first relocated again to Lenapa in Oklahoma and in late March decided to rob the Iron Mountain Missouri Pacific train with three other men. Elmsy had heard there was a safe on the number 104 train containing $4,000. The group successfully stopped the train as it passed through Oklahoma and then Elmsy put the nitroglycerin on the safe store to open it. I just remembered I had an audio clip to go along with. An audio clip? To go along with this episode. Okay. Okay, so mandatory periods of minimum service for the United (laughs) States starting- Just cut this back in earlier. (laughs) Starting from the 1600s until now. From the 1600s. How about we just give the period we care about? So I can't find anything specifically for that period, but I can- find some information from in between the civil war and world war one okay so from civil war onwards the confederacy passes their conscription law three years of military service is required for all white men yeah you heard that between the ages of 18 and 35 substitutes are hired resulting in poor morale and insufficient numbers of troops later the age limit is extended to include men between 17 to 50 and then in 1865 the confederate army begins to conscript slaves um Jeez. Jeez. And then after that, the only information up until World War One is talking about the Spanish-American War of 1898, where it says Congress declares that all males between 18 and 45 are subject to military duty. So maybe, maybe he was actually conscripted, in, conscripted into mm. military service because mm. it doesn't say. So maybe he was conscripted. And three years sounds about like you can see three years as a pretty common period of time yeah. that they use. Yeah. It's usually the three or four, so. Yep. Anyway. So, yeah, they stop the train. He's chucked the nitro- nitroglycerin on the safe to blow open the door. Five, four, three, two, one, go. I love hearing all the little things landing at the end there. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. So if you don't know where that's from, that's from the Italian <laughs> job. And it's Michael Caine. Michael Caine, yeah. I'm Michael Caine. Elmsy had used too much. Okay. <laughs> much like that clip. Uh, the safe was destroyed. Yep, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. As well as the majority of the money that was inside the safe. Mm. Yeah, you're not a very good safe cracker if you- um destroy the thing you're trying to crack. The group were only able to net $450 worth of silver, silver coins. I mean, it's a hundred and something years ago. That's probably still 2.5 million or something. Most of which were fused and melted to the safe's frame. <laughs> so they didn't even get all of them. It's almost <laughs> enough to buy a house in Morningside. Oh. Oh, snap. I live somewhere expensive. <laughs> Where we live is unattainable. <laughs> so, yeah. 
We might put, you want to put that clip in the link tree? I mean, when I was. What, the clip of the, the scene from the yeah. Italian job? Yeah. yeah. Sure. I thought it was like topical to. at the time when I was writing this out. Sure. In September of the same year, Elmsy was back at it again. Okay. Are you what? watching him change his microphone position every 30 seconds? This is the first time I've moved it. Shut your face. second time, thank you. I'm going to be listening for it now. Yeah. I've moved it because I couldn't see my laptop. <laughs> it wasn't really working. So Elmsy was back at it again with two other men. This time, they thought they'd try their hand at a bank. The Citizens Bank of... Crap, I did look this up. That's a weird name. Um, look, it's a hard word. No, I looked it up. I know. <laughs> I looked it up and I've made sure Why I knew how to say it. It's a really hard word. I no, should Because it's a really hard I word. I put the per- uh, pronunciation for Bangor in there. You've done... I'm going to let you have it, John. You can get it right. Chautauqua. Okay. The Citizens Bank of Chautauqua in Kansas. Two hours were spent breaking through the bank wall with a hammer. Yeah. Elmsy would again then turn to some nitroglycerin and place a charge on the door of the bank's outer vault. Right. How do you reckon this one's gone? I'm assuming that either he's gone way too little or way too much again. The blast blew the vault door through the bank, destroying the interior. Oh, yep. God, dude. <laughs> yep. But didn't you say that he was pretty good at this stuff well, when he was in the army? Well, it also said in brackets- that the training was likely, and this is a direct thing, the training was likely minimal. Okay. So, like, I can mean, you blow he, up He only had to destroy yes. things for the army. Did it? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's doing that well. A blank plot of nitroglycerin in the sand. Did it blow up? Yes or no? If yes, continue past go, collect $200, <laughs> you got the job. So, even though it blew the door through the bank's interior, it didn't destroy the, like, damage the safe inside the vault. Oh, hey, so he's one up on the last time. So then he tried to blow open the safe. This time, the charge failed and didn't ignite. <laughs> he's, gone, guy, he's gone the other way now. The lookout man got the heebie-jeebies and he ran off. The heebie-jeebies. And all Elmsy could steal was about $150 worth of coins that were in a tray outside the safe. Oh, this guy. <laughs> Real great outlaw legend of the Wild West. Criminal mastermind. I've stolen... <laughs> He's stolen like 500 bucks. Yeah. <sighs> so that, then they fled the scene. Later that night, uh, they hopped a train and headed to the Kansas border where they split up. Elmsy headed to a friend's ranch near Bartlesville, Oklahoma. He stayed in the hay shed for a few weeks, few weeks where he drank heavily. Yep, that makes sense. Our next title. Yep. One last ride. Ooh. Question mark? Oh. Elmsy decided to try his hand at another train heist in October of 1911. This one near Ocasa in Oklahoma, again with two accomplices. They planned to rob a caddy train after hearing it contained $400,000. Sheesh. And that was intended as a royal payment to the Osage Nation. Yep. Which was a Mm -hmm. uh, Native American type of thing. A caddy train is... A train that was on the Missouri to Kansas, Texas Railroad. So it's called KT. Yeah. Class one railroad company in the United States with the last headquarters in Dallas, Texas, established in 1865 under the name Union Pacific Railroad. Actually, while I was reading some stuff on this, um, one of the side notes popped up was for one of your episodes, mini episodes. The- oh, the crash at Crush? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go back and- The dumbest you, thing that's ever happened. Do you know what Not episode really. number that was? No. Nah. Cool. 
It's on the end of one of my episodes. So go listen to go all listen of our episodes until you find it. Every one of my episodes until you find it. So once again, the bumbling bandits stuffed up and the men mistakenly stopped the wrong train. A passenger oh, train. come on, man. <laughs> the men were able to steal $46 from the mail clerk, two bottles of whiskeys, a revolver, a coat, <laughs> and the train conductor's watch. Wow. There was a newspaper article later that called it one of the smallest robberies in train robbery history. <laughs> yeah. Granted, it was a demijohn, like some demijohns some of whiskey. Some demijohns of whiskey, which are, yeah. Which are big, big, big bottles. bottles. Yeah, I mean, so, still, like, that's a big fine for him. Still, it's just whiskey. I mean, they were after 400,000 and they yes. walked away A demijohn is anywhere between four and 60 litres, though. Okay, but, like... It's still not $400,000. Yeah, it's not $400,000 in cash. Disappointed, Elmsy returned to the ranch where he drunk the whiskey he'd stolen. <laughs> and then died. And then died Pickled. of alcohol poisoning. Elmsy yeah. was also <laughs> sick at this point. Of course he was. He had contracted tuberculosis from working in the lead mines. There we go. And yep, had a mild go. case of pneumonia and had trichinosis. Trichinosis? Trichinosis. Trichinosis. It's a parasitic disease caused by roundworms. Oh, lovely. Which I looked up and is a parasitic disease that causes diarrhea, abdominal pain, and vomiting. Sean can go more into it if he wants. No, let's not do that. It's icky. But it didn't didn't seem nice. There's something about the lava migrating into the muscle. Icky icky warning. And causing swelling of the face and inflammation of the whites of your eyes. How about we just leave it there? It was icky. So he stayed up. He stayed up and drank. Itchy warning. He stayed up and drank with the ranch hands before falling asleep in the hay off. Yeah. Unknowingly, he had been implicated in the robbery of a two thousand and a two thousand dollar bounty had been placed on his head. So the bounty is now worth more than the but total he amount he's stole. ever stolen. Yeah. Correct. The total he's stolen in his whole career. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> he oh, could just dear. hand himself in and then pay it all back with the bounty. <laughs> in the early morning of October seventh, three deputy sheriffs, two brothers, Bob and Stringer Fenton and Dick Wallace, with the use of bloodhounds, tracked Elmsy to the hay shed and they surrounded it and waited for daylight. Okay. You're getting some real end of Red Dead 1 vibes here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was the name of that guy in like your first episode with the plane? Was it Dick Best? Dick Best. It was Dick yeah, Best. Yeah, Dick Best. American hero. Mm-hmm. American hero. <laughs> Bob Fenton was interviewed for the paper the next day, and I quote, because I know Sean's, Sean, Sean's looking at it. Shanzy. Do you want to read the quote, Sean, from the Wikipedia of what happened? I've, I've got it here. I can I read it. I actually think you should go find the source article. It began just about seven o'clock. We were standing and waiting. Correction, we were standing around waiting for him to come out, and when the first shot was fired at me, it missed me, and he then turned his attention to my brother. String offended. He shot three times at Stringer, and when my brother got undercover, he turned his attention to Dick Wallace. He kept shooting at all of us for about an hour. We fired back every time we could. We, we do not know who killed him on the trail. We found one of the jugs of whiskey which was taken from the train. It was about empty. He was pretty drunk when he rode up to the ranch last night. There it is. So he just died. Yeah, there it is. Elmsy was killed. <laughs> Single gunshot wound to the chest. Like it's not- which he sustained while lying, lying down. down. Yeah. Oh, so he was laying down and they shot him. Maybe. Wow. It says that we don't know who shot him, but if he sustained it lying down, they probably know exactly. Yeah, who shot they him. know who did that. What a useless guy. 
That's the end of this week's episode. Thank you for listening. No, it's not really. Okay, next title. Weekend at Bernie's? Oh, no. Um, hopefully, Weekend at Elmer's. Weekend at Elmer's. <laughs> hopefully people get that reference. Um, if you don't know. Look, it's an old movie. If you it's don't, old, uh, pause just, this episode. Go yeah. find Weekend at Bernie's on Stan or wherever go it may be. No, it's just higher movie. No, just go to YouTube <laughs> and um, search Weekend at Bernie's trailer. Watch the trailer. You'll get the gist of it. Just a- can I interject? Man, movie trailers used to be sick. Like, yeah. They were awesome. You could watch a trailer and be like, I want to watch that. Now I don't give a crap. Except Terminator 2. Terminator 2 was the worst trailer. It was pretty bad. What was? I saw a movie trailer recently and I was like- The Flash. I don't know. I do want to see that. But like- Sean, do you know what's on Disney Plus now? The there it is. Oh, boo. <laughs> what do you mean, boo? <sighs> Have you seen it yet? No. I haven't had time. I haven't had time. I haven't had time. You not, said. I haven't had time. Is it not next it. episode? A movie that a movie that tested our friendship, and he hasn't got <laughs> time to go watch it. Not next episode. <laughs> by my by my next episode, I will have watched it. I'm going to put a promise on that. That's good. You want to watch it too? And we'll do a little movie review at the start of the episode. What if I got on Sunday? Got a blanket the whole day out. Because um, <laughs> it's three hours. Isn't it like almost four hours? It's almost four hours. Yeah, I'm going to do it over a couple of days. <laughs> That's how I watch the Justice I can't League wait until I watch Lord of the Rings for the first time. And I hear time. you like dance around the fact that you got bored. Look, yeah. I got I got bored in Lord of the Rings. So I'm going to get, I'm going to have struggle to get through it. I know that. But I'm excited to watch it. All right. My next episode, be prepared for Way of the Water review. Cheeky Tales okay. reviews. Way Cheeky Tales reviews movies. By the way, I have seen an Adam Sandler film since we last recorded. Oh, was that was Murder Mystery Two. Oh huh? my god! That what? <laughs> of I, all the Adam Sandler movies you could because watch, because it's new. It's terrible. It's not great. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I That's I like know so- that it was a comedy, but for some reason I didn't expect as ridiculous a comedy. But it's an Adam Sandler film, so of course I should have expected that. Watching but a new Adam Sandler, it's like no one. <sighs> was the anyway. basketball one good? What was it basketball? Oh, he's was like that a manager. His serious one recently. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen that. He made a new serious movie that wasn't funny, people. Yeah, what was it called? Mm-hmm. Just Google is Adam Sandler. Is it Adam Sandler movie. playing Phil Jackson? Because I'd watch that. No, he's some like basketball scout. That's Moneyball. That's Brad Pitt. Anyway. So, yeah, and baseball. Weekend at Elmer's. Let's go. Check weekend out the weekend at Bernie's trailer. You'll get that joke. Elmsy's body was taken to Joseph L. Johnson's, an undertaker in Pawhuska, yep. Oklahoma. I'll allow it. <laughs> he embalmed the body with arsenic-based preservative, which is typically, typically used to preserve the body for a long time. Johnson then shaved Elmsy's face and dressed the body in a suit and stored him in the back of the funeral home. Sadly, no friends or family came to claim the body. Johnson, being pretty annoyed at how much it cost him to perform the services, <laughs> refused to release the body or bury it. He wanted to be paid. So he redressed Elmsy in street clothes, put a rifle in his arms, and stood him up in the corner of the funeral home. Oh, jeez. Johnson would then charge people a nickel to see the bandit who wouldn't give up. And at different times, Elmsy was dubbed the man of many aliases, the Oklahoma outlaw, and the embalmed bandit. The attraction deemed to be very popular. And Johnson earned his money back, plus some. I feel that he's not that interesting of a bank robber. No, I, th- I feel you're right. I, yeah. you, are, you are correct. It's like if Ned Kelly had tripped over every time he tried to steal <laughs> something and then still was a legend. 
Johnson would also receive multiple offers to sell the corpse, but refused them all. Did yeah, I mention, well, now he's got a money spinner. Yeah, did I mention that the payment for seeing him was to be placed in Elmsy's mouth? Like, t- to pay to see, you'd have to put the money in its mouth. What? Yeah. Why? Icky warning. I That's don't know. so gross. Itchy warning. Five years. So, hang on. You wouldn't have to pay until you actually saw him. Yeah. For, yeah. You have to put, like, the nickel in Elmsy's mouth. That's so weird, because then old mate has to come and take the nickel out. Yeah. Like- Ugh. I mean, he's an undertaker. I know, but like, don't you just- He's like, an undertaker so in the weird. Wild West. He would have done gross <laughs> It's things. just weird. Like, he has to just come at the end of the day and pull all these nickels out of this dead body's mouth. Give me two bees for a nickel. <laughs> five years. So, it sat there for five years. Five years Johnson had Elmsley on display until October 6th, 1916, when a man calling himself Ava contacted Johnson- claiming to be Elmsy's long-lost brother from California. Ava had already contacted the local sheriff and the local attorney to get permission to take the custody of the body and ship it back to San Fran for proper burial. 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 Burial's Me- wedding. Be- <laughs> You're terrible, burial. <laughs> I like that we thought the exact same thing. Proper burial. The following day, Ava arrived with another man calling himself Wayne. Also claimed Wayne to be a brother. Who? What was his last name? Uh, they didn't give last names. Uh, no last names. Okay. Not, it was not Mr. King. Mr. Kerr? <laughs> Jerome Luai. Oh! Elm- oh! <laughs> oh! Elmsy. Uh, <laughs> you. <laughs> so, yeah, Wayne oh, was man, also- he, he might make an Instagram smack <laughs> post about us now. Good. I might give us some- Give us uh, some street cred. There's some what's the word? exposure. Jerome Luai's least favourite podcast. <laughs> well, if Queensland would then listen to it. <laughs> That's correct. So, yeah, this other fellow, Wayne, also claimed to be Elmsy's brother, and Johnson released the body to the men who then placed Elmsy on a train that was apparently heading to San Fran. However- How did he place him on the train? Because at this point, I'm picturing you just put him in a seat somewhere. What a ticket for him. Just I would, put him in a seat with glasses. a coin in his mouth. I would have assumed he just- Chucked him in like the cargo <laughs> wagon. Passed him in the back. Sorry, your bag's over the weight, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Do I really need all his legs? However, the body was actually shipped to Arkansas City, Kansas. Ah, Kansas? Ah, uh, yes. Arkansas City in the state of Kansas, much like the city of Kansas City, which is in Arkansas. Amazing. <laughs> the Midwest, seriously? What the <laughs> hell is wrong with you guys? Ava and Wayne were not who they said they were. Oh, shocking. They were, in fact, James and Charles Patterson. James was the owner of the Great Patterson Carnival Show, a travelling carnival. Yeah. Carny folk. They learned about the popular embalmed bandit exhibit, and they schemed to take possession of the body to feature it in their own show. And they did exactly that, travelling up and down the country with their carnival, Elmsy's body in tow, until 1922, when he was sold to Louis Sonny. So weird. Sonny placed Elmsy in his travelling museum of crime that featured wax replicas of famous outlaws such as Bill Doolin and Jesse James. How much maintenance You've got so many names right and you got Bill Doolin wrong. <laughs> what did you say? So close. He just, he just duffed it. I duffed it. Oh. He got so many names right. I mean, he got Chautauqua right the first go. I was like... <laughs> And Bill Doolin. 
I, I miffed it. Yeah. How much <laughs> maintenance does a body take after it's been embalmed? Well, you answered that question for me when we get to the end of the episode. Okay. You have a guess by the time we get to the end. Okay. You, you'll see why. The corpse was also a part of many official events, such as the Trans American Foot Race, and it was acquired in the 1933 to stand in the lobby of movie theaters, a part of the promotion for the film Narcotic. I have no idea why it was acquired for the yeah, Trans American Foot Race. It's just a body. Yeah, I don't I mean, know it's why. Turn left at the body. Uh, I can kind of see mouth for good luck. Yeah, I can kind of see why the film Narcotic because it was kind of like that. Yeah, Western. I guess sure. The director of the film claimed Elmsy was a dead dope fiend who killed himself while surrounded by police after robbing a drugstore. Sheesh! By this time, the body had mummified. The skin had become hard and shriveled, causing the body to shrink. The director also used this as proof of the corpse's drug use. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if I've written it down, but I do have like what he, I think by this time, uh, he was only about five, two or five, three in height yeah. and was only around about 35 kilos. What happens with the bones? Like, cause I assume Most, the bones don't shrink. No, I don't think they do. Well, so how much height do you lose? Well, just All from- the cartilage and stuff, you'd probably lose a bit of. Because that would like shrivel. Yeah, I guess. Also, it's old timey, so he probably only started at like five foot five or something. Mm. I think if Sean might be able to find it, what what he weighed and height. Anyway, so Louis Sonny died in 1949, and for those keeping count, that's 27 years after he purchased Elmsy, and the corpse was placed in storage in an LA warehouse. Okay. The corpse was rediscovered in 1964. <laughs> Again, boy, for the listeners. How many years in storage is that? Uh, 20 odd. 15. Okay. <laughs> so we're going from 49 to 64? Yep. Yep. And it was mistaken for waxwork or a mannequin and was lent to a filmmaker to be used in the 1967 film She Freak. Uh, and it was sold to Spoonie Singh in 1968 with other wax figures for around about $10,000. Uh, he had bought the figures for two Canadian men. Okay. The two Canadian men were putting on a show uh, and travelled around the country again. And one of the exhibits was at Mount Rushmore. Right. Man, this body's getting around. Well, there was, uh, while there, the corpse, corpse sustained some damage from a windstorm. Oh, no. The tips of the ears, as well as some of the fingers and toe, toes, were blown off. Jeez. He was given back to Singh, who decided the corpse was too gruesome and not like lifelike enough to show anymore. And Singh sold Elmsy to Ed Liesch, 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 whatever, who was a part owner of the Pike, a music, uh, um, an amusement park in Long Beach, California. Oh yeah, because when I go to an amusement park, what I really want to see is a fifty-year-old dead person. Well, at this point, you got to remember they don't realise it's a corpse; they yeah, think it's true. just a tracks true. figure. At some point, one of the owners drilled a hole in the back of Elmsy's neck and it was said yellowish goo seeped out. Uh. Itchy warning. Which I'm assuming is like Uh. spinal fluid or brain fluid. Uh. In any case, Elmsy was uh, hung up in the haunted mansion ride and would twitch or jiggle when cars rode by. (laughs) For many years, he twitched alone, his name forgotten, and at some point he was coated in many layers of glow-in-the-dark spray paint 
and was hung from a noose. Oh. So he was like the hung man yeah. in the haunted mansion. You'd go past and look, jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> Gross. Our last title. Yep. That's No Moon. Oh, geez. Star Wars reference? Yeah. Yeah. This was until December 8th, 1976, 65 years after Elmer McCurdy had died, when the production company from the television show The Six Million Dollar Man was filming in the pike, and I believe the episode was called Carnival of Spikes, if you ever want to look it up. During the shoot, the crew wanted to move this mannequin hanging from the gallows because even though he was painted with neon spray paint, it was weirdly realistic. Yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. The crew guessed that he was made from paper mache and a prop man grabbed him to pull him down. That's when his arm ripped off. Oh. Inside the arm, the crew made a discovery that there was bone and muscle. Oh. Elmsy had been rediscovered as a person and not just a weird mannequin. Oh, can you imagine how disgusting that would be when you yep. pull it down? You're like, huh? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> the police were called. Who? called an ambulance and reported a severe case of dehydration. From there, Elmsey would make his final journey, heading first to the LA coroner's office. An autopsy was performed and the findings were what we know, cause of death, single gunshot wound to the chest. The body was completely petrified, covered in wax and layers of phosphorus paint. He weighed about 23 kilos. Yeah. And was 160 centimetres in height. There you go, I did write it down. Wow. Evidence of the original autopsy and embalming was found, and even though the bullet that killed Elmsey had been removed, the bullet jacket was found, which helped identify the body as those type of bullets were only used in the early century. Right. So, yeah, they didn't actually know this was Elmer at yeah. the time. Like, this helped find that. Other clues to help identify Elmsey was found in his mouth. Uh, a 1924 penny was found, as well as ticket stubs oh, to the geez. 140W Pike Show. Uh, which was the, the Lewis Sonny's um, yeah. Museum of Crime. So they found like ticket stubs in his mouth. <laughs> oh, why were people shoving so much stuff in Elsie's mouth? Why is that the thing that they decided <laughs> to do with know. this guy? This, as well as other stuff, helped get a positive that this was Elmer McCurdy. His story was in the newspapers and on TV by December 11th, 1976. Oh. And multiple funeral homes contacted the coroner to offer to bury Elmsey for free. Officials waited to see if any relatives would come forth to claim the body, to which none did. Eventually, Elmsey was released to be buried back in Oklahoma in Summit View Cemetery. He was buried next to another outlaw, and one I've mentioned before, Bill Doolin. Sean's proud of you. To ensure Elmsey's body wouldn't be stolen, two feet of concrete were poured over the casket. Yeah, okay. That is the end of Elmer McCurdy's story. That was wild. <laughs> I just want to know, why do they keep putting stuff in his mouth? I don't know. That's, it's oh, weird. It's not a good luck charm. Like, no, why in the mouth? Why touch him at all? You can't put it in his hand. He's not going to hold it. True. <laughs> just gross. I don't know. I guess the- like the, What a story. I guess the old um, Undertaker started doing it and people were like, yeah. well, just- I guess we'll do that. But he sat in storage for a long time. Yeah. And just- I assume there's photos of it too. Yep. Yeah. They'll be on the socials. As I found a really cool photo of like the traveling he did yeah. like through America. So that'll be one. Oh, that's disgusting. Is that- So that's what he looked like on the left when he first died? That was when he was alive actually. 
Oh, so that's him alive on the left yep. and then embalmed on the right. Yep. Oh. Mummified. That's after. That's well in. So you can see the noose around his neck. That's when they found him in the 70s. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so there'll be that's some- weird. Just be aware that there'll be some photos of a dead body. Yeah, we're going to have to get a cover photo that kind of warns people. You're going to have to um, do the warning. On the socials. But yeah. The inspiration for this story was our Halloween, first Halloween episode where yeah. I, I remember people getting freaked out by the use of the skeletons. real yeah. skeletons in the, in the lake for movie props. And One that's of those right, people yeah. was me. Um, so I thought I'd, I found this one. I went, this will be a good kind of spiritual successor. Yeah. His gravestone reads, Elmer McCurdy, shot by Sheriff's Posse in Osage Hills, October 7th, 1911, returned to Guthrie, Oklahoma from Los Angeles County, California for burial. April 22nd, 1977. And there's a pretty tree. So that's 66 years later. That's nice. What a story. The story of this man's body after he died. I love that, like, his life was kind of hopeless. Like, he just kept (laughs) messing everything up. He's the opposite of the luckiest man alive. Yeah, and then he dies and becomes this, like, travelling amusement. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible story. And he was just in like a haunted house ride. Just jiggling away, hanging. Jiggling away. What was it called? The Liff and Laugh. The, the Pike. No, 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 no. The haunted house that he was in. Oh, the actual house, yeah. It's called the- Where is it? The, the, oh, good stuff, boy. Good episode. So, um, I, I forgot to. I'm going to I'm gonna look up She Freak and um, see if I can spot- Spot him, him in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. But yeah, like you said, that realization you pull this thing's arm off and you go, huh? Oh, that's that's, that's bone. Yep. Oh. Why would the why would the police call an ambulance? I know. Severe right? dehydration. You the well, ambos rocking up, going. Dead. Been dead for seventy years, like we yeah. expect. <laughs> the Queens Park Laugh in the Dark Funhouse. Great name. Oh, that's good. All right. Well, what a story. Good on boy. I've never heard of that before. The life. And death yeah. of Elmer McCurdy. The life, death, and continual death. After life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I thought All right. A little bit darker, but still fun. Yeah. <sighs> so can't wait for your dark nobody story. nobody died, but Elmsy died. Elmsy died, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get ready for my story. I'm on a roll of horrific ones. And his family early on. Remember tuberculosis? True, and- true. Yeah, a fair bit of death in yours. Oh. Well, good stuff. Hmm. Thanks. Thought it was, like you said, just- Another it one was, of those Dan Sickles and- Yeah, it's another one of those like, what? Why? Um, what? Who was your uh, old mate shot the fellow outside the White House? Oh, what was his name? General- No, mine was Dan Sickles. You're thinking Adam Timothy Dexter. Yeah. 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 Idiot Savant. Yeah. Good episode. Good episode. That was the one with the spider bit. <laughs> <laughs> From the- Little bit From clip show last week. Clip show last did week, I, yeah. Which is only half of that actual clip. <laughs> Can I say, did I mention real world cheeky tales run in? I I was at St. Patrick's Day at the parade in the city. Yeah. And my one of my friends from the pipe band was talking about a book that her granddaughter was reading. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she goes, Yeah, she's reading this fantastic story about something about a, a molasses flood. And I went, Yeah. Ah! Children, uh, yeah, <laughs> real world cheeky tales. Listen moment. to this entire podcast. Yeah, well, they she done. She'd been reading it. She's only yeah. quite young. She'd been reading about it. It was like a very, very shorthand yeah. version. I'm like, let me tell you a tale. 
You know, there's a version of that story. Uh, not a version of that. There's a similar story that happened in Ireland with whiskey. Oh. Yeah. I might, might be tell interesting. that one yeah. That yeah. sounds my kind of fun. Yeah. Um, you say that this week also happened to me. Ooh. Being topical with Titanic. People were talking about the Titanic. My heart will and so I'm like, Well, I know a few things about the Titanic. <laughs> yes. I have mentioned Cheeky Tales doing a double episode on the Titanic a couple mm-hmm. times at the barbershop today. Yeah, the Titanic episode was one of my favourite stories. And, like, even now I get hammered with Titanic content mm. on my Facebook page. Yeah. There's, like, a one of those, like, ghosts of the past pages that's dedicated to the Olympic class vessels. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And I just get constant Screw photos you, 1930s. <laughs> Screw you, 1930s. Yeah, I, the week that, that you guys did the Titanic episodes, I'd watched a couple of the Nat Geo Yeah. Um and I had not told him what we were doing. Yeah, he hadn't told me anything uh-huh. about it. And then I'd been watching a few of the Nat Geo documentaries where James Cameron went back and visited James them. James Cameron. Yeah, who apparently I am a James Cameron simp. According the, great, to <laughs> the greatest pioneer. No mountain too steep, no deep ocean too deep. Well, the whole boat that? topic. Who's there, James Cameron? That actually reminds me, Sean. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron, I know Aaron knows this story. Sean, you don't. This was not my first choice for this episode. I had to do a very quick, which didn't, which turned out didn't have to be as quick. No. Like sidestep for stories. Let's not spoil that story. I'm not going to say what it is. Okay. But I was halfway through writing another script when I got to some information, which said information would line up with an anniversary that's going to happen later this year. Mm. Exact date. So then I had to go, crap. I, this is like 24 hours before we recorded. Yeah. It's literally go, the day before John's like, I'm changing my story. I've ah! got to change my story. Ah, crap. <laughs> so look, Under forward, pressure. look forward to that story later this year. And this Under one was pressure. written in like four hours. Yeah. A week ahead of recording. <laughs> Good stuff. Anyway, we need to wrap up because i got to pee. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening this week. Uh, we'll be back. In one week's time. Yes, we will be back on schedule next week. Back schedule next week. You can find supplemental content, photos, and a link tree at the social medias at Cheeky Tales Pod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Not Tinder. We are, <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a joke for me and Aaron. Uh, you can yeah find it there. And like I said, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Good night, Chiquitos. Goodbye. No goodbye from Sean? No. I haven't worked Sean out. Sean says, a- stuff you, Chiquitos. <laughs> I haven't worked out a tagline for myself. Yet. All right. Well, when Sean works it out, you'll hear it. Good I'm night. still the producer. <laughs>